Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. With the third pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the New York Knicks select R.J. Barrett. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Prez. I'm back. Not from vacation, but from taking a break on draft coverage after the Knicks rewarded me for all my hard work by taking nobody. So uh, I figured I deserved a uh, well-earned break by then. So we're now officially with the end of Summer League in the uh, the part of the offseason where Draft Strickland does not get released every week. Instead, it gets released whenever the hell I feel like releasing Draft Strickland. So we're back because I felt like releasing a new episode to talk about Summer League. Um, Specifically, uh, you know, to talk about the kids who played in Summer League and, you know, whether they're going to stay or go or whether Tyrese is going to drive them to Utah himself or whatever. So to help me do that, (laughs) it's two people. It's Tyrese, young person hater number one. Very right. self-hating in that respect. And All then right, and then also uh, another illustrious second time guest. It's Mo. You may know him on Twitter at Mo Loves MBA. If you don't, please go improve your quality of life and follow him. Mo Tyrese, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Mo, Mo be hating the young kids as much as I do. Don't say hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Hey, no one can do as much as you. Listen, right, listen, you, you have, we would not even put ourselves in the same class of hater as you, Tyrese. That, that's taken a lot of years of work, a lot of practice. And, you know, you, you don't simply become like that. You have to put in the work and, and you put in the work, but we'll get to that. Before we get started, I have to make an announcement. The Strickland has Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There's a number of tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland every Friday that I do with Prez. You also get access to the mailbag every other week with Drew Steele, a.k.a. Doug. Furthermore, you get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. Uh, certainly hasn't stopped since draft night. That is for sure. There's also a $9 tier that gets you access to Strickland Roll, my solo pod, where I yell and rant and rave about the Knicks even more. More importantly, you get access to weekly articles from Matthew Miranda and Jack Huntley, two of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits, like listening in on podcast recordings, live watch parties, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not. None of this would be possible without you. So thank you very much. So without further ado, let's get started. For starters, you know, today was the Summer League Championship game, 
between the uh, New York Summer League Knicks and the Portland Summer League Blazers. And uh, the Knicks, after having a pretty good Summer League run, uh, got a little bit of a whooping from the Blazers, who gave them their only previous loss. Um, It was a rough game for pretty much all the young Knicks. But, you know, as far as Summer League teams go, the, uh, the Blazers team actually was pretty fun and you know they don't have a lot of more well-known guys compared to you know teams that are playing top 10 rookies or exciting sophomores and stuff like that um their most high profile player would have been Shaden Sharp who took one turnaround jumper and then injured his shoulder so we're gonna have to wait another couple months to see him play in the G League probably but um the guys on there who are left on their team are are you know they weren't messing around they came he came to hoop and they took it right to the Knicks and uh it, and it showed so um you know i guess we can first talk about you know this game and no summer league team is really going to be a good simulation of an nba team but i felt like this was the closest our players had seen to like nba defense in the summer league and it probably flustered the Knicks ball handlers and uh you know on defense a little bit what did what did you think Mo about how uh how the kids played because all three of the the main youngsters Deuce Grimes and Sims were having amazing summer leagues before and this was probably the roughest game for all of them yeah it was it was not fun to watch like if you if you wanted this like championship summer league ring like this was not a fun watch because everyone struggled. Like Sim struggled with up fakes and staying in front of guys. Uh, Grimes struggled chewing, which is which was weirdly the case for an entire summer league, basically by his his standard. And Deuce struggled with everything again. Yeah, it was a three hater. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah you know i mean it, it was tough we, we saw uh it was funny one of the things let's start with grimes because he you know he was perhaps lining up to be the summer league mvp before today maybe he'll get it maybe they give it to egan murray on the kings who had a great summer league as well we'll see um but like it felt to me like each game he kept he kept pushing the envelope more and more in terms of what he tried to do as a ball handler, which is really fun to see like a, like a player, not just gain confidence, but know that like they're allowed to mess around a little bit and they won't, this isn't the regular season, right? The Tibbs isn't going to banish you to the bench or anything. So we, I remember on one play, he like tried to split a double team, you know, like, by dribbling a low dribble through the guys. And he probably got fouled, but he lost the ball and it was a turnover and the Knicks had a bunch of turnovers. Um, But that's the sort of thing where I'm like, okay with it. But that's the difference between a defense like the Portland Summer League team and, you know, other Summer League teams where you you can pretty much get away with doing some, some and one mixtape type stuff. But he, you know, I felt like a lot of his shots today, they were just shots that didn't go in. Um, They're, he just, you know, I, I hate the term shooting loss, but like with him, at least it just seemed like a bad shooting night. But one thing I liked 
was that he, uh, which he's done every game, which drive a lot. He put it on the deck a lot every single game because I went back and checked um, after each game. I think each game in the summer league, he's drawn at least three fouls in the paint. So I was to me, that was probably like the handle generally um, for not just for pull up shooting, but for for driving and for passing and all of that, like. It's not just handle for handle's sake, like he's actually using it to do productive things, which I think is pretty awesome, especially if you compare it with someone like Deuce, who is my son. And he has good handle, but he's so much more conservative and he doesn't he doesn't try to do crazy stuff almost too much. Kind of like Frank, he just plays within himself. Um, so uh, Tyrese, I, I know it's not like you're not a fan of these guys. You just have a different idea of what's the best way to use them, whether they're on our team or not. Right. Like, what did you think of of uh, of Grimes and Deuce through through Summer League? Um, I was really high on Grimes in summer league. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we know, like his journey with Kansas and stuff like that. Where, like he was a recruit, he was a primary, and like people really bought that upside, but he struggled. I feel like you kind of saw flashes of that in summer league, where like he was tasked with doing a lot of creation. I'd say even more than Deuce at some points. Like, oh he yeah, was he tasked... was running point guard straight up. Sometimes. Yeah, like, he. Sh- I think he was more of a point guard than Deuce was, and I feel like he played it pretty well. Like the process was there. I felt like the process was good. I felt that like he was aggressive. I felt that like he was able to like turn it on when he needed to, and he was able to like just do the spot up stuff when he need um when it was necessary as well. It just kind of felt like he knew what he was doing, and it felt like he was poised, and it felt like his processing was high. Mm. With Deuce, I kind of just felt like he was overwhelmed. Mm. It kind of felt like he was trying to do a lot of tween hessies for the sake of doing tween hessies. It also felt like it took him a while for him to get like turned on in summer league where like towards the end of it, he was playing aggressive, but like at the beginning he was playing timid, right? Very timid. And he was just like stopping his drives, getting into the paint. He was stopping. Like he was just settling for pull-ups. I think even in the championship game today, like he just settled for pull-ups. He didn't even try to like penetrate or do anything. He just kind of was like, I'm going to take this three because the three is open and I'm not even going to try to like get a better shot for myself. I think with Deuce, there's just like a large learning curve that he needs to do offensively because we all know he can play defensively. Like, mm-hmm. I don't doubt Deuce's defense for a second, but I do doubt like how much he's going to be able to do offensively. Um, I think like he has the handle, like he has the ability, he has the moves, but it just kind of feels like he's very, very timid. Um, he doesn't want to like over dribble or he doesn't want to like force the issue, even if it's bad. Like, I will take him doing like, I would like to see him make more mistakes in summer league. Yeah, like, I was talking to somebody and I was like, I wish he would get a charge from like driving. <laughs> yeah, like, I would, I wanted him to like do stuff, and I just kind of felt like he wasn't doing anything and he was just like, I don't want to F this up. I don't want to mess it up. I'm not going to like... He did make... try to dunk on uh, Jabari Walker. Or what's his name? Yeah, it was Jabari Walker. Jabari Walker? Yeah, yeah. And Jabari Walker punched it, which... That didn't go well. Yeah, but I like yeah. that. That's what I... That's what I yeah, think. yeah. Exactly. Like, go ahead. Try to dunk on him, man. Like, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, like, nobody cares <laughs> about this. Nobody cares about this. And I'm just like, I wish he would have done more with the reps that he was given. 
And so, like, hey, even if you lose the game, get those reps in. Get that wiring in. And it just kind of felt like he didn't do that. And I don't know what that does for, like, how his projections as, like, a player on this team go in terms of, like, being a primary versus just being, like, a very good 3 and D guard. Yeah. It's interesting where, like, you know, people have – not every player's – development curve is the same so for Knicks fans I can see like it kind of sucks seeing like all the other young players take these steps forward and Deuce isn't taking the steps forward but he's also younger than than Grimes right and he's also younger than Sims so like it's okay that's why you have the G League that's why you have lots of draft picks um you know some guys pop a little bit later sometimes uh, they don't like you look at it quickly, right? Like his first year in college, he was like a failure. And then his second year was a wild success SEC player of the year, but he wasn't really playing point guard. And then a different role still as a rookie and then different again as a sophomore. So, it, you know, it gets weird. So like it's, it's more, I feel, and, and Mo, I'm curious what you think about this. I feel like it's more like we're spoiled because we've seen, our development team really kind of knock it out the park with most of these kids. And obviously the kids themselves doing, you know, putting in the work to, to improve really quickly. So um, where, where are you on, on Deuce? Are you more in the like, ah, oh, like, uh, whatever, like he's probably, you know, like I'm not crying if he goes to Utah or, you know, I hope, I think he'll develop into a nice player in Utah or like, I hope he's in the NBA in five years. Like, where are you at? <laughs> no, I, I'm like, I'm still high on him, like, a, mm-hmm. as an NBA player, because like that defense is something. Mm-hmm. And, like, he doesn't need much offensively to be a plus player. Mm-hmm. So, like, the bar is like low for him offensively just to clear it. So, like, I think he'll be like a good player. I'm still high on him. But like, if like he's, I'm probably the lowest on him from like, let's say, what, Grimes, Ob, IQ, and Duos. What about including Rokas? Uh, yeah, including Rokas. Yeah. yeah, Rokas clears. I think I think that's that's it for me as well. Uh, he's number four, which is it sounds haterish, but it's just the other guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah, and like in. I hate the kills pick for this like for this reason because like he's basically a B tech deuce but like without the shooting. Mm-hmm. So like that's why I like I hate the kills pick when it happened because like I wanted to take a swing on like let's say for example Jabari Walker or like Mina or like sure. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. Ignite Jaden Hardy like. If he dropped yeah. and he didn't drop, but like, still, so I wanted some like a bet on that. Like, yeah. I felt like the kids pick was just like do us insurance when you don't really need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people were pretty excited about kills, but I wasn't very high on him either. And I know, like, a lot, like, he had a horrible, horrible game. Part of that was he's 18 and not a first round pick, right? So, like, of course when you're playing against other prospects who are older than you and better than you, you're going to look a little dumb sometimes. So, you know, we'll see what happens to him. But to me, like 
if he becomes anything at all, like even a trade ship, even a, a ninth man on the bench, then that's like a win. Like I have no expectations for him. I wasn't super high on him. Uh, I looked at some of his high school stuff because I heard he was considered like a like a high level shooter in high school, and it to me it looked like his form was a little bit better um, in high school than it was in Duke. So I don't know. He's got a lot going on, it and feels like he gained a lot of weight, what, like from going from high school to college, and then like his form just kind of got messed up. Yeah, that yeah, might be part of he's it. He's jacked. He's jacked. Yeah, like he he's got, jacked. He got real, real big. So like I it kind of it might have like messed up his mechanics a lot. I just wish we got EJ, EJ Liddell. I was really hoping we got him. I'm so man. sad that he got hurt, man. I hope. He yeah, did. I, I, I know that, that that ruined that ruined that day for me. I know, bro. Like, he was one pick away, and I was like, I was like, we're gonna get him. We're gonna get him. I didn't man. even realize that because I didn't watch the second round live. I just was like, yeah, he was, one, he was 41. We had 40. Yeah, was and deep. like Hardy and like Hardy went like 40 or 39. Uh, he went 37. He went 37. Yeah, like he went like just before. It, and I was like, man. Damn. That's how it goes. We already got lucky enough for second round pick, so we're spoiled, man. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's the spoiled part. <laughs> exactly. But but you're right. I mean, like, you know, it would have been interesting if, if they would have taken those guys when he's on the board. Um, one thing... Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about with, with Grimes in particular, like if he starts, obviously he's going to be along with Mitch. Say even whether we get Donovan Mitchell or not, he's going to be like, you know, the Fournier role type. So he showed a lot of cool stuff beyond the spot up shooting that we already knew he was good at. Do you think that stuff is going to, pay off in terms of his role in the starting lineup or is that more just like you know for if he plays with the bench like how do you see his role like i know he'll say if he starts that's a bigger role but like in terms of actually how he's used do you think tibbs was chilling in the stands during summer league wondering about like new ways to use grimes different from last year that's for whoever wants to answer (laughs) i think so like i definitely think that Grimes just has, like, a lot of pathways he can do because, like, a lot of value he can produce just because of his skill set. And I wouldn't be surprised, like, if the Donovan Mitchell trade doesn't happen, <laughs> it will. So, uh, yeah, like, there are ways you can use him. There are definitely ways, that um, things that he can do. Uh, I just, I don't know, man. I just, <sighs> I don't know if we're going to be able to see it. Uh, so, it sucks, but. Yeah. You mean you don't know if we'll be able to see it on MSG Network? Yeah, we might have to see it on uh, Valley Sports. Oh, oh, him, him and Jared Butler are, are going to be cool together. That, that's they're going to be so cool on the way to like twenty-two wins. Yeah, yeah Jared Butler. I don't, I don't care. They're going to be a league plus team. That would be two of my favorite. Watch it in the league, last like league five years. Pass. The Jazz being your league pass team is nasty, dude. Especially with hey, 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 <laughs> yes, exactly. That's nasty. But like, I'm just saying, Jared Butler and and Grimes, like, that's close to my heart. Sacramento, Sacramento got Deer and Fox doing Oost and Malik Monk. Like, that's gonna be. I don't even like Sacramento. That's gonna be good TV. 
I'm, I'm going to watch everything. <laughs> Mo, Mo, Mo is a connoisseur of the finest League Pass basketball. Okay, everybody's going to be watching the Kings on League Pass. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna, they're I'm they're going to be popular. Yeah, I'm going to watch the Pacers and enjoy it. <laughs> Yo, I don't even... Man, I don't even... The Pacers, I, they'll be fine, but they, they're definitely going to... They'll have a good pick. I'll Watching Pacers that. basketball <laughs> is shameless. Well, who wants we'll, to watch I just want to, I just want to see if Miles the is there or not. Like uh, Miles Turner's gone. Uh, I'm, I'm just watching my son Matherin. That's all. That's fair. Tyrese, you should okay. be watching Math. Weren't you like Come along on. with Mo, know, like the number one bandwagon driver? Yeah, but as soon as he went to Indiana, I was just like, well, you just abandon your child. That's fucked up, man. Man, you got like sixty-seven sons. You, yeah, I and, I don't, ab- and I don't, ab- I don't, I don't <laughs> abandon any of them. You don't show up to every field day. I don't believe I, that. I for show a up to every field day. I'm not the stepfather. I'm the father <laughs> who stepped up. Fresh <laughs> <laughs> shows up to the recording of the field day. Exactly. <laughs> I'm the chaperone, bro. I'm on all the field days. But um, so one thing I I wanted to talk about though that like. It, it, I'm actually happy you brought up Matherin because I, I did watch a little bit of him and he was impressive as well with his off the dribble stuff. And in my head, I've been comparing Matherin and Grimes throughout all of the draft because in some ways they're kind of similar players as just knockdown shooters who can do a little bit of everything. And I think the similarities only grew as we saw Matherin um, take more off the dribble shooting and just like Grimes, he was experimenting with a little bit more space creation. Um, obviously, Grimes is older, so he had more success. Um, Grimes was averaging, I think, four assists before today. I don't know how many assists he ended up getting. He, he would have had more assists if, if the damn rest of the Knicks had their heads on straight today, which they didn't. He had, yeah, he had four assists. Yeah, so there you go. So, like, he was doing a little bit of everything um, – there's some stuff like the pick and roll ball handling that I don't think he'll get to do much of with the the big boy team, but the stuff like attacking closeouts and just there were some possessions where he got the ball on a swing and it wasn't even like a bent defense. He was just like, I'm going to the hole. Like I know I could shoot it, but I want to try to get a higher percentage shot. I'm going to the hole. I could see him doing that stuff when, you know, he's playmaking off of RJ and, and all these other guys. And, it's it's very similar to like what I imagine for someone like Matherin, and that was kind of I mean it's never bad to have two of those guys, of course, but I, that's what I was wondering. The whole cycle is like, what are the odds that any of these shooting guards are going to be like Grimes? And then he goes out and have a summer league like this where he's drawing fouls and playmaking out of the pick and roll and like doing all doing his normal crazy defense stuff. And like, I guess my question for y'all is like regardless of whether or not we include him in a Donovan Mitchell deal, where do you all think his career is headed? Like, oh, how good? Like, I, I know for me, I was pretty high on him, but maybe foolishly, even after these summer league games, I'm even higher on him. Am I like, am I just too excited right now? Like, what nah, do you think? <laughs> no, nah, I think in three contracts, $200 million in earnings. It's a lot of money. That's good solid, money. That's good solid, money. Solid fifteen-year career. That's um, good money. Yeah, Especially like, with the cap, you know, yeah. it's going to keep rising for his whole career, probably. Every forty has made at least one hundred and sixty million. I'm pretty sure. So, like, Grimes is definitely going to get in that. Yeah, Tyrese kind of money now. 
I just remember contracts. I do wait. I do way too much cap, um, imagulations. But uh, yeah, man. Like Tyrese is trying to intern for Brock Aller. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. But um, yeah. Like the guys, he's just really, really good. And like the defense, like if he made an all defense team, I don't think anybody would be surprised. So, yeah, I just yeah, like I could definitely see him making multiple. Like he is just really, really good. So, I'm 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 irrationally high on him. Like, if he continues getting standstill paint touches, like, especially like let's say, let's say he doesn't go out in the Donovan Mitchell trade, and he's what the sixth or seventh man, and he does that with the second unit, like alongside whoever is getting staggered with him. Like, that's why I want to keep him. Like, that's why. Like, I, m- maybe IQ is the better player now, but I think I'm higher on Grimes, especially for wow. especially, ah, especially for for this like specific team. That's fair for that's this fair. specific team. I totally see that. Yeah, but a lot general, of what IQ does comes with the ball. I mean, in general, I can also make the argument. <laughs> I mean, I can make the argument. It's 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 an easy argument. You get an all defensive. I mean, but I think quickly. Like, I just think that ultimately creation is probably the most important skill in the league. And I think quickly. I think sorry. Um, I think Grimes has it, but quickly just has microwave scoring ability. Like, quickly has the scoring that could like win a playoff game for you. Or yes, two. I agree. I agree. Man, if, Grant, if Grant Williams can hit seven threes and win a playoff game, so can Quentin Grimes. Right? I know, but it's like <laughs> I'm talking like, like he can legitimately like I'm just saying like if like Quentin Grimes is like leveraging his shooting to closeouts, like attacking closeouts and like dump off passing and like playmaking mm-hmm. of that and like maybe he gets Tancer pain touches with his ridiculous, like, shooting and defense. Like, I mean, I can make the argument. Like, yeah. it's, it's probably a weaker argument for, like, in general, because the IQ, like, creation, that's probably a higher skill. But and like, he's also, for, like, not a bad defender. Like, IQ is a good defender in his own right. Exactly. And I can still make the argument for Grimes. But, like, for like this specific team, I I think it's just like the size is like it's like you can play Grimes, Brunson, and Mitchell together, even with RJ if you want to go funky with Mitch. Like if you want to go really funky, like you can do that. Like that's a feasible lineup in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. Like that can be like a small ball lineup. One um, thing that's interesting is. About the about IQ and Grimes is Grimes defends bigger than his size. IQ doesn't defend bigger than his size, but he plays bigger than his size. Yes, because IQ gets like he gets rebounds like he's Jericho Sims for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> you know he does stuff. He he's like randomly a good rim protector, like all that sort of stuff. So part of me, if obviously this would never happen, but like. If I was Emperor of the Knicks, I'd be like, fuck it, IQ, Grimes, 
you know, Brunson lineup. Let's see what happens. Just just to be a mad scientist, put you know, uh, Grimes at the three, IQ at the two. But that's the thing. Like you can't really play IQ at the three. You can play Grimes at the three. So I yeah. totally get that. I totally get that. It's just the lineup versatility that Grimes can provide. Like that's that's a higher skill for me because if we have Mitchell and Brunson, like of course it's good to have like a a creator off the bench, but like I would rather have the versatility of Grimes. Yeah, I I I hear that. IQ probably has the edge for a little bit for me, just because like maybe it's because I spent too much time watching Jordan Poole cross tween hezzy people to death this year uh and iq does that too and similarly iq doesn't you know they they'll get to the rim but not like i bet by the end of the it'll be interesting to see by the end of the year who gets more shots at the rim grimes or iq as a percentage of their shots because like it both of them didn't but now both of them can so it's really a lot of more dynamic playmaking and stuff that uh that they can do compared to last year um here's a here's a fun question so last year in summer league that's when iq and obi kind of showed out and then i feel like they both started the season kind of rough but partially because they didn't play that much and then things were just weird with tibs and then at the end of the season as they got more minutes they kind of turned it on and IQ had a while where he was playing well but not shooting well, and then finally it all came together at the end. So for, like, Grimes, I feel like his role is so much more straightforward than their roles were last year. I feel like there's no way for Tibbs to fuck this up, whether or not Grimes is starting or not. Like, am I... Should I be more worried or no? Do you think it's, like, bulletproof? Like, Grimes, Tibbs, they're going to love each other. They're going to you know, help each other out, blah, blah, blah. Like, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I, I cannot see a way where Tibbs doesn't somehow maximize Grimes because he's just so versatile that, like, he can do a bunch of different things. Like, he can shoot off the dribble. He can playmate. He can defend. Like, he just, when you do everything like that at a competent level, it's kind of hard to not be malleable and not be, like, the best version of yourself. And I think, and I think, like, who's his competition for wings off the bench? Is it Cam? Yeah, we don't have much. <laughs> like exactly, that's my point. Like, there is like there is no way, in my opinion, like in opening night, there is no way if Grimes is on the team, there is no way he doesn't play like good rotation minutes. Like and be- IQ was weird because we had Kemba, we had D Rose, so like that's like that's a weird pathway, like that's a weird way to get in. Mm-hmm. But like he can still play, but like Grimes is hey you go defend threes and like be good, like it's easy. Yeah, like we're gonna put him on like hey go guard their best wing. And he's going to do that. So he's gonna do like the Reggie Bullock role, but with a little more sauce. I feel like more sauce, more sauce, definitely. And like 
can attack a closeout and won't like turn a open won't, three into a one dribble midi pull up. Like. Won't travel on a fast break by himself <laughs> when he hears a defender's footsteps. I will never forgive him for that. Oh, Double dribbles. Yeah. <laughs> like Re- Reggie Bullock, if you're listening, I still love you. But we love you. We love that you. That was rough. <laughs> I'll take him back. Shit. <laughs> I mean, there's oh, yeah. I mean, with the wing depth we have, yes, I would. Like we, we might, I mean, then again, we're bring here Frank back. Deal, bring so. Frank back. Go get Frank at the deadline, Leon. Do what you gotta do. We go trade for Royce O'Neal. Yeah, what the fuck is Royce O'Neal doing in Brooklyn? Nothing. Just give us Royce O'Neal, bro. Exactly. We get uh, we get Pascal. 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 Oh, you mean yes. Eric? Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought oh. you meant Pascal Siakam. <laughs> no, 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 Eric Pascal. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, not Siakam. Definitely not. Oh, I was like, oh, I didn't know this was a trade machine podcast. I mean, yeah, we're, yeah, we're definitely getting Pascal all the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, come on. Like. Villanova and Donnie's best friend. Okay. Yeah, come on, like that, that that's just straightforward here. He's not bad either. Like, yeah, bad. I, I, if Obi gets traded, I'll, I'll be happy with him as my backup for. Like a bench of potentially, like let's say, uh, Rose. I mean, I would probably trade Rose for like some kind of wing depth. I'm not Rose, gonna Rose is getting traded. Rose, yeah, not, Rose is definitely salary again. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying the trade I had that I told you, Mo. Because oh, oh, that one, that one is why. <laughs> don't say that. No, it's wait. A, it's it's actually good. It's you good. Li- li- listeners, you have to subscribe to the Strickland's <laughs> Patreon to unlock Tyrese's hottest trades. So uh, come DM me if you want access to this valuable <laughs> information. It's like OnlyFans, but for the NBA <laughs> <team. laughs> Hey, family show here. <laughs> Listen, exactly. <laughs> listen, it's actually good if people thought about it. Oh, yeah, but all right, man. We'll, we'll, we'll Dylan Brooks you. is hard. Okay, I would do it for Dylan Brooks. But anyway, oh my god, you would do it for Dylan Brooks, bro. Oh, oh, I don't want to say what Tyree said about Dylan Brooks. I'm not gonna say. It. Gonna... <laughs> he probably no. violated and said like Dylan Brooks is better than R.J. Barrett or something. <laughs> <laughs> he did say that. He did indeed say that. No, we're gonna have to. No, I said, he said that. I have screenshots. I'm, I'm sending them after the pod. Of course, Tyree said that. I'm sending. Like, I'm like when the when the pod when the pod tweet uh, is out. I'm gonna quote. I'm gonna quote it with like the (laughs) the DM from Tyree. He's gonna just say that it's fake news. And even like, and even he fucked up and said. Dylan Brooks is better than the Canadian three and D merchant, but like Dylan Brooks is Canadian, so like he fucked up there. So like, <laughs> I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he Dylan was like, Brooks. is Dylan Brooks playing on the Canadian team with with uh, RJ and uh, and and SGA? I, uh, I didn't for see the Olympics, his name. For the yeah. Olympics, yeah, but RJ isn't playing in a FIBA right now. I know he's not playing right now, but didn't he? I'm pretty sure he committed to playing. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't be that- surprised. Also, Loki, that's t- that's gonna be fire, bro. Like, it's gonna be a lot of fun watching them. SGA Murray in the backcourt, that's gonna be good. That's gonna be good. But uh, all, then, all star NBA All Star Andrew Wiggins. Oh yeah, true. Wiggins is Wiggins is actually like oh yeah. Kelly Olynyk, RJ playing his better role as like the third option, catching not and the, ripping. Not the centers is garbage, but they have else? they have the ghost of Tristan Thompson. 
They have uh, Kim Bud. They they have Brandon Clark. He's not really a center though. Oh yeah, they do have Brandon oh, Clark. Oh yeah. And isn't Chris isn't Chris Boucher? Isn't he Canadian or did I make that up? Uh, I'm gonna Google it right now. I mean, I don't think he's played with the Canadian national team. Yeah, he's though. Canadian. They can sign him up. I don't know how it works, but yeah, he could he could get the sign up sheet and and. Then they could just run him and Olenek and just do five out for the whole Olympics or whatever. It's a good team, though. I do like this team. But, um, but yeah, like... He's born in St. Lucia and then moved to Canada. So there you go. Okay, that works. The more you know. That makes sense if you think about it. All the Caribbean people in Canada. I mean, he, I mean, better than Zach Eady or, like... I mean, who's not... If Zach Eady plays on the team, then automatic L for Steve Nash and whoever else is running the program. Oh, Rowan. it's... <laughs> Rowan's running hey, the program. Rowan's running the program and Nick Nurse is playing. Nick Nurse is coaching, yeah. Yeah. So oh. if if Eady plays, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to be very surprised. Zach Eady. But Zach Eady's not going to play, bro. Alexander-Walker. <laughs> they don't need Nikhil Alexander-Walker to be honest. He's, 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 he's there for... Uh, Nepotism he's like, he's like he's like their Theo Pinson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's wow. he's there. He's there to make SGA happy. I mean, I mean, low key like Olenek and Dwight Powell. She's like it should be. Good. Oh, Dwight Powell's good. I forgot about him. Yeah, like he he wasn't good last year in the uh, qualifier, but like he, no, they, he like, definitely wasn't. <laughs> yeah, but to me, like Olenek and Powell, they should be good. But like that's that's a solid team though. They do have a solid team. That's no. All right, I don't want to turn this into a FIBA pod. I'm gonna do a FIBA pod later. Whenever that yeah. happens, I'm gonna transform. You gonna talk about the Puerto Rican national pod. team, dude? I don't even know who's on that shit except except Alvarado. for Jose Alvarado, obviously. <laughs> and I, I, I don't need to know anyone else. I don't, Listen, I, I, I do. I do a pod on Jose. I don't. Care. I follow. I follow them on Instagram, the team, and they, they have a great social media coordinator. That's all I know. They have awesome videos all the time of like all their players <laughs> and Jose Alvarado. And we'll see if he can channel the ghost of Puerto Rican point guards past to automatically turn Super Saiyan in FIBA like JJ Barea and Carlos Arroyo. So they got the most fire names too, bro. Like Alvarado, uh, Romero. Like those are just fire names. They all sound like uh, like they should be making like you know they Puerto Rican names. They should be like doing bachata music or something. Whatever it is. <laughs> It is what it is. Um, in fact, they probably do because you know NBA, just like NBA players rap, that's probably what they do. Rafael so. Cruz sounds like the most bachata artist name I can think of. They have a lot of um. One thing that's, I mean, again, I'll save this for the FIBA Strickland pod, but they have a lot of older players, and they're finally actually have some young players in the pipeline. But they're not, they're not old enough to really hang with the big boys yet. They're all playing for like. Like if you look at the Puerto Rico under seventeen team, it it like doesn't suck for the first time in a while. So hopefully, you know, in a couple of years they can be back in the mix. Something we'll see. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. 
Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Maybe they could get uh, Carmelo Anthony to play for Puerto Rico in his uh, old age. That'd be cool. (laughs) I've been trying to push that. Nobody listens to me, though. Melo would give them buckets. That's no, what, that's, I, we need buckets. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Twenty Mel will give you a smooth twenty points. We'll play him to the stretch five. Who cares? You got to try wild stuff. All right, man. We're not. Hey, he did that for the Lakers last year. Exactly. Exactly. If the Lakers could do it, then so could we. Um. Okay. Enough FIBA tangent. Uh, I want to talk about Jericho Sims, who had also yes, an, I'm here an amazing, for this. He had an amazing. He had an amazing summer league with a horrible, horrible end to his summer league. But he was so good that it was more just like, it was more funny than it was kind of alarming. Because just like, just like Grimes was pushing the envelope, it was very clear to me that in the summer league, Sims was experimenting. You know, Tibbs lets the centers experiment a little bit on defense, but on offense, I mean, he lets, like, a little bit. Like, Sims is allowed to, you know, last season we saw him get, like, a couple of five-assist games and things like that. But in this summer league, he was, like, bringing the ball up the court. He had a couple of um, couple of face-up moves and stuff like that. To, even today, in, um, before the game went completely out of hand for him, he had so many times where he sealed his guy, like, halfway between the hoop and the free throw line and no nick guard could get it to him because the only one who could throw a good entry pass is deuce and then nothing came of it so i think that probably combined with him having a rough game defensively they had a lot of guys who were not centers attacking him like um i don't know why i keep forgetting his name what's the guy who we're talking about no no, i know i'll get to Trenton wafford but the other guy the rookie uh uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jabari Walker was attacking him. Trenton Watford, who... How old is Trenton Watford? Do we know? He's 20. I think he's older than that. I'm going to Google right now. Because Trenton Watford, he's 21. Okay, so he's 21. He turns 22 in November. He was was with Camp Thomas last year. Or like the year before. Oh, at UCLA? uh, LSU. Oh, LSU. Oops. Sorry, UCLA fans. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Trent Wofford had an amazing game. He was uh, him and him and Jabari were like passing. They were attacking. They were rebounding. Um, they were challenging Sims to defend him on the perimeter, and then to block block them at uh, you know once they got past him. And he was struggling with all that. And I know, I know we characterize Sims as more of a perimeter defense center he's not bad at rim protection or anything like that he's just not as good as mitch or healthy nerlands he both also, of whom are is it as good as like his athleticism should make him yeah given exactly. his well that's one of those things that i actually i think like his highlights should, like if you watch his highlights you'd be surprised by how like why isn't he a great rim protector but then you realize like jumping while moving backwards is different than jumping while moving forwards right like we see the same thing with obi toppin 
These guys don't. It's harder to for some guys to jump moving backwards than it is jumping forward. And jumping backwards, he doesn't jump so high. And of course, his his wingspan isn't that good. Jericho Sims. He's a pretty undersized for a center. He's like the same standing reach as uh, Cam Reddish. Eight, so eight foot ten. Hartenstein standing reach nine foot one. Mitch nine foot four. And those guys have a little bit better instincts. I mean, Sims's instincts are definitely getting better because he's you know this is only his second year in the NBA. But they, all the guys are they're all like within like seven months of each other. Those the three Knicks centers. So like he he what he brings to the table the the ability to dribble and do some face up moves and stuff like that. I think it's real. It's just a fine line to walk if you're going to have him with the team this year and develop him because you need your third center, right? In case guys get in foul trouble or guys get hurt. Like we saw it last year with Taj, you know, I mean, granted we had two injury prone centers ahead of Taj. So probably we needed it more last year than this year. But cause at first I was wondering about this. I was like, man, how great would it be to see Jericho Sims continue to work on some of this offense in the G league? And then I was talking to my brother, and he was like, I don't think Jarko Sims is going to spend much time in the G League. I even told you that. You, yeah, you told me that too. And and it makes sense because, like, you, you got to have him in case guys get hurt or guys get in foul trouble. So, like, I, I think to me, this game where guys were basically like, oh, you can switch? All right, prove it. And he couldn't prove it. And he had a couple dumb fouls and just some bad decisions on both ends. Like he's he's still got a long way to go to catch up to the other two centers on our team, and to me that's not because he's bad or anything. It's just because the other two centers are really good. So, I, like I'm still my ceiling for him has definitely still moved because of the summer league, but this game was for me a good reminder that like he's still it's, pretty raw. Yeah, it's still a long way away. So how so how are you guys feeling about Sims after uh after summer league? Yeah, I think he's just really raw. Um he needs a lot, a lot, a lot. Like I don't buy I don't buy the summer league offense at mm-hmm. all. I think that's gonna be I think a lot of that, like, you know, the Euro step and like the post mm-hmm. moves can maybe give him one functional dribble. All he needs is one dribble. I was gonna say, like, that's that's good for a center. Yeah, no, like all he needs is one dribble because one, one dribble he can get from like the top of the key to the hoop. Like, I like what I buy this short roll passing. I think that's actually going to be real. Um, yeah, he did that last year. Yeah, like I buy that. I buy the one dribble that he might have. I think all centers need a one dribble at this point. So, because like it just does so much in terms of like offense, mm-hmm. if, especially if you have like short roll passing, like you could fake a pass, dribble to the hoop. Um, so yeah, like I buy that. I just don't think he's going to be like, you're not going to give him post touches, you know? No. Yeah. He's well, 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 I have a follow up, but first let me, let me, let me see what Mo thinks. Mo, what do you think? How are you feeling about Jericho? I mean, yeah, it's, it's the same, like the offense, I, I believe in it a bit more. Like, I don't believe in like him getting like post touches or anything, but like, like I believe in like, if he has a mismatch, like I'll drop it down to him. Like, he does actually see it in work to do that and like has quick moves so like but like only I guess against like certain matchups like you're not gonna throw it to him against like Embiid or Gobert or like someone like that so like it's certain matchups and like 
I like him in like delay actions when he comes like from the top of the key and like he looks to hand up for handoffs because I think like he can fake it and like go to the rim, but like he does it like he does sometimes he does it like without using like for example the gravity of crimes because the big would play up so he, it's pretty easy for him to dribble and like get to the rim. And like that's the one dunk he had. Like that was the pretty cool highlight he had, like between the legs and like one dribble mm-hmm. then he dunked it. Like something like that. Like he can do that. Like I believe in that. But like I don't believe in him like getting the ball at the top of the key and like driving. Because like that's still like far, far away. Yeah, yeah. I don't even even Hartenstein who is super gifted for a for a center in terms of his skill set. Even he doesn't really do that. Um, he might get the jib- He might get the ball wide open and then take a dribble and then shoot a floater or something like that. But like very few centers drive. Um, I'm, I'm happy you you mentioned the seals on mismatches because to me, I actually think you should probably be able to get at least one of those a game, especially if he's playing versus bench units. You know, semi-transition, some other team, it's the regular season, they're on a back-to-back, all of a sudden you got, like, Sharif Cooper on you or some shit. Yeah, throw your hand up, call for the ball. If it's not Julius Randle bringing the ball up, they'll probably give it to you, right? So, you know, he can uh, he can, he can can handle that sort of stuff. And, and I do think that, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much actual handling he'll do aside from that. I really like the idea of him bringing the ball up himself after a rebound and then passing it in. I can't see him doing that because I don't can't see Tibbs letting him do that. And I can't see the other Knicks letting him do that. Right. I don't, I think some teams they have that sort of philosophy where it's like, all right, whoever gets it, let's go. We're running. But I just can't see, it just doesn't feel like our team, even if we get Donnie, even if we get, you know, Brunson, RJ, like these guys, of all these ball handlers, quickly is really the only one who pushes it when he gets it. So maybe things change, but um, I Jalen doesn't really push it that much. Julius doesn't really push it that much. Donnie sometimes pushes it. Um, I mean, RJ sometimes RJ pushes, it too. pushes it. That's true. RJ and quickly probably. So, uh, you know, we'll see. But, like, hopefully like jab step one dribble euro step that kind of stuff i think he can do that kind of stuff versus bench units but that's the kind of shit where like you as a young player you need to have some level of confidence you need to almost not care because if you do that and mess up tibbs will pull you but if you do that and it's successful tibbs will give you a longer leash so it, it it's it's very risky for young guys to take those risks, but I think Tibbs has shown that, like, with Quickly, for example, if you prove you can do it, he'll let you do some wild stuff. Even with Grimes. Grimes takes some pretty crazy three-pointers. Not as crazy as Quickly, but, like, Tibbs is like, all right, this is your thing, so you better go ahead and do it, right? So it, it, I don't, I can't predict whether Sims will go back to just basically being short Mitchell Robinson with more passing or if he'll show out some of this new stuff. Um, Because, you know, there's going to be a part of the season probably where Mitch is out for, like, 
a few games, if not more. Um, hopefully he stays healthy, but it wouldn't surprise me if he gets hurt. So I mean, like, but he doesn't really get hurt. Like, he, even when he got hurt last year, he was like only missing like what? He missed games? like ten games. He missed like, ten games, but like, yeah, that's what I mean. It's more like, yeah, it's not like oh, like Sims. You're going to get consistent run for a month now. It's more like, okay, Mitch like rolled his ankle, so Sims is going to get more playing time this week or something yeah. like that. So yeah. he'll have chances to do that. So we'll definitely get to see it. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the bench looks like by the time all the wheeling and dealing is done, whether we get Donnie or not, because that'll definitely change the identity of the bench unit depending on who's left. I mean, we're, we're getting Donnie. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's when. It's, it's when. It's definitely when. Yeah. I, and, and, who, and, who, and who is going out from the trade? Yeah, so, I mean, before we get into the Donnie stuff, um, I mean, we talked we talked about the three main guys. Um, I know, Tyrese, you were joking that, like, the big winner of a Donovan Mitchell trade is Farron Hunt because he's, like, a wing and we don't have any <laughs> except for Cam. And so I wanted to ask both of you, do you think he'll make the big roster? Oh, a clip for that. Mm-mm, not anymore. Nope. 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 Definitely not. Nope. 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 <laughs> you, you nope. Had en- y'all had a, y'all had enough today of the hunt experience. As soon nope. as I was, as soon as I talked him up, I was like, and then he just the last two games. No, no. The, the first two games were good. After that, nope. It'll yep. be fun in Westchester, though. Yeah, absolutely. But like, yeah, he'd I give was, us some sick highlights. That's about like, it. Give me the corpse of Rudy Gay over for Ron Hunt. I love Rudy Gay. No Rudy Give me Jared Vanderbilt. Give me Jared Vanderbilt. I want Jared Vanderbilt. Why would they give us... Jared Vanderbilt's actually good and not like 40 years old like Rudy Gay. Exactly. <laughs> and they want to trade him and I want him, so... Yeah, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take Vanderbilt. I'll if we take, get Vanderbilt to shoot... Uh, if we got Vanderbilt, if that, uh, that would make me feel a little bit better about sending out one of the good kids if we did that. And yeah. like, if you do that and you have to send one of the good kids and like a second round pick, I'll do that 100%. I think you'd have big. to like you would have to take him to a trade exception and probably give him like, a second, and I would do that. It's like a uh, Vanderbilt for like the Utah twenty twenty four second. I would do that. I would do that. Easy. Easy. He's, He's left handed too, which means that we could do a all left handed lineup. So. Oh snap! You're right. That's very important. Well, yes. when Donnie's on the bench. Yeah, it's gonna be Brunson. Wait, Brunson, RJ, Brunson. Yeah, it's uh, Brunson, RJ, Randall, Hartenstein, Vanderbilt. Oh, that, that spacing that's is a, disgusting. That's a Mike Woods. That's a Mike Woodson lineup. Bro. <laughs> that spacing is disgusting. The East is big, man. The that spacing is, is disgusting. I know it's They'll be great at rebounding, though. No, we would be getting every rebound. Oh <laughs> yeah, but, be... but, yeah. Vanderbilt is not missing any rebound. He, he I mean, Julie. I bet, like if he if he's on the team, him and Julius are fine at least twice a game for rebounds. At least <laughs> there could be some elbows thrown. Oh, like, definitely, definitely. They'll have the rebounds where they're oh, fighting oh, and they accidentally bobble it to like the other team. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Or like they bobble it out of bounds. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like we'll need Melo. We'll need Melo just for them him to yell like fuck. Out of <laughs> 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 just to just to be the the top of the totem pole for rebounds. Oh, be, oh I, I want to see like Julius and Melo go for a rebound. That'd be hilarious. Shout out to here to each other. Elite TV, elite TV. Oh, hopefully gonna... none of Tyrese's dreams come to pass, listeners. I'm sorry for exposing you to these nightmare scenarios. Mello, but I was, I'm just saying it would be funny. 
it would, would be a little funny. It, it would, would be, be funny, funny just to see, like, I would, for I like one game, it would be funny. I would just want to see how the interaction goes, and like if the crowd would like cheer if he says it. Oh, I mean, that, uh, I'm gonna say it with him if Julius is like coming for the I would, I'm saying I it with Melo. I would pop for that if you could just go fuck out of here. I got it, and the crowd just starts cheering. It's like a blowout in round twenty. That would be hilarious. I'm and, sorry. And you know, Tibbs would still be playing Julius in a blowout, so it makes sense. Imagine we get the Sheed moment with Melo, where he's like, "You want to play? You want to play?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, 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 I'm, I'm segueing again. I'm sorry. Yeah, how, is, many is, how many segues do you have there? How many segues do you have Look, listen. The draft cycle is over. There's no rules yeah, anymore. Well, this is basically do, the Wild West. We can do whatever we want. That's why we're going to yeah. speak about Donnie here. Exactly. Exactly. So I know, like, well, I'll, I'll let you all lead because I've pretty much tweeted my thoughts, but it's been more, my, I've been much more concerned with how we're getting Donnie. And I, I think that, I mean, we can all read the tea leaves and get different conclusions. I think there's going to be negotiations about, how many picks and how many are unprotected more than there will be about what players are included. Yeah. I really think that, um, that what's going to happen if you put a gun to my head, I think what's going to happen is Rose is going to start offering less of the unprotected picks. And then Ainge is going to be like, okay, we need Quentin Grimes or the unprotected picks. And then Rose is going to have to pick between keeping some more of those unprotected picks or keeping Grimes and then getting rid of those. And um, I think he's going to side with picks, with sending picks over and keeping Grimes. Tyrese, I know you think he's probably going to err on the side of keeping some, even if it's like the difference is only one or two. You am I correct? That I think you yeah. think he's gonna err on the side of keeping some of those for future transactions or picks. Yeah, and then send I, one of the kids. I think so because ultimately they're not paying everybody. Mm-hmm. Like that's the big thing where it's like you're not paying everybody, especially if you're like since you once you pay RJ, your entire starting five is on their second contract, right? Effectively, their second contract. I'm not counting Julius. Um, yeah, because Julius he's yeah. not long term plan. No that's comment. just a um, shot at Tyrese. <laughs> as love of it. now, as as of now, he's not mm-hmm. launching plan. That could change. That could I, change. It's I up mean, to Julius, right? I, like until until he's traded, I'm not, I'm going to assume that he's going to be like a part of the team. But I mean, he's he's going to be a big part of the team while he's under contract here for sure. But like, I don't think like they've clearly been taking calls for him. So I mean, like, yes, they take calls for everybody, but like, I don't think. Barring, he doesn't have to be as good as he was in the most improved season, but he has to be, uh, he has to be productive. I'll say that yeah. much. I think um, as long as he's productive, I feel like they're fine with him. Anyway, so, um, so actually, I want to do a quick Julius segue because whenever I do Pod Strickland, I can't do Julius conversations because I don't like making Schwinn's head explode and deteriorating his mental health. So, this is my thing with Julius, and if I take my Knicks fan hat off. It's actually kind of fascinating to me. So I'm very interested what what you all think. So with me, like, there's a group of Knicks fans who really want him. You know, imagine we have Donnie and Jalen and RJ and Julius. Like, that's four good players, right, who all can use the ball. So there's some people who are like, Julius, 
needs to embrace his like Pelican style Julius Randle play where it was more like a center, you know, like quick decisions, more rolling to the rim and all of that stuff. But to me, he actually did that last year. Like he rolled to the rim a lot more. He shot at the rim a lot more because his jump shot was so bad that that's all he like. He tried changing his game. He just also continued the other stuff, the mid-range, the, also had, the, the yeah, wing had, stuff. And he had to do that because, again, there, there was no good offense on this team. This offense, this team was dreadful offensively last year. Yeah, so the like, team was bad. The team was bad. I, I think my issue is less with the what and more with the how. I think he could have taken jump shots better, if that makes sense. But like, my question is, say Julius is here and we have Donnie and Jalen and RJ and Julius... What does Julius's role in the offense look like to you guys? If you were, well, two-part question. What does it look like to you guys? What do you think Tibbs is going to make it? Because I legit don't know the answer. Like, I'm curious. It's fascinating to me. And then separate from what do you think Tibbs is going to do, what would you do with him in the offense? Uh, you want to take this one, Mo, or do you want me to have it? I, I'll go with what I want it. And you can go <laughs> okay. with Tibbs wants to happen because... What I want to see is like obviously more off board, but like I, I really want to see him like operate as a handoff hub. Because yeah, I want to see him operate like a bam. Yeah, like I really want to see that because RJ is really good at handoffs. Like he has like one point zero one, I think, points per position. I was looking it up the other day, and like Donovan is not that good at handoffs, but like RJ's one point. One yeah, point per position? Oh, that's yeah, pretty good. RJ is one point something, and Bronson is, again, one point something. So, but Donovan isn't that good. So, like, I'm I'm good, like, him handoffs with Bronson. Like, I'm good with that. Like, do that more. I'm, I want him to space, like, obviously, like, catch and shoot. Like, that's a pretty low-hanging fruit. And, like... For Julius. Yeah, and like just yeah. be active on defense, like switch and be active, communicate, rebound, push the pace. Like the bar for him to be like a productive player in this context, like shouldn't be that high. But so, so, but like, is we know he's gonna get some spot up opportunities with these guys we know he's gonna get some opportunities to roll to the rim as well but like i i like i'm trying to think of guys on other teams who are good but also play on on lineups with multiple ball handlers and how they kind of work like i'm thinking of toronto like where fred and pascal have the highest usage but other guys like OG and Scotty and Gary can can dial it up a little bit. They it kind of got solved for them because they had injuries throughout the whole season, so it's not like a perfect comparison. But like, I mean, to like, me, to me, I think like Golden State, you know. Yeah, it, the the it's not even like be Draymond Green. It's like be a mix of Draymond and Wiggins. Yeah, like, like literally, just like. Use your size and um, your switchability on defense. You're not going to be Draymond, but you could definitely scar like one to four with your four. I know on defense. I'm I'm thinking more on offense because you like uh, on offense. Ruling... Like, it's going to be Wiggins. Like the ideal version for him for me is Wiggins. 
like spot take, up in the corner. Yeah, spot up. Yeah, Break like matchups, matchups when you can. Offensive rebounds, like he can do that. Like it's low hanging fruit, and like he can do and, that. Like he yeah, should and, be able to do that. And the occasional like mid range number. Yeah, and like if a matchup is favorite, don't attack it. If, yeah, like if, I think I think he's like. If team switch and like he has a favorable matchup attack it like the bar for him on offense like shouldn't be that high but like we don't know what tips so yeah but i will say like this is probably the best offensive context he'll ever be in in his life so i he, think that the barometer gets a lot lower for him because like he doesn't need to create from a standstill like that anymore you know yeah it, it's if, an advantage he, not it, the only offense if he can accept that and then work from, I, I I hadn't thought of the Andrew Wiggins thing, but that's that's really a great great comparison. Andrew took, uh, fourteen shots per game in I got it right here in, uh, thirty two minutes per game. Julius played thirty five minutes a game and took seventeen shots per game. So, I think that sort of distribute that sort of minutes and shots. It's pretty reasonable if Randall is here because obviously you have the guards who are going to demand a lot of shots. You know, Obi's not like Obi's going to play more. It's not going to be as much as he deserves, but he's going to play more he's enough to team. probably lower Julius minutes. Yeah, if he's on the team. Thank you for that clarification, Tyrese. Tyrese <laughs> uh, doesn't want him on the team, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, people on the pod, Tyrese. Uh, I don't want to put words in Tyrese's mouth. We can talk about it in a bit, but um, free camp. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cam Cam will definitely get get his chances too, um, which is you know, and it'll be good context yeah. for Cam as well. But yeah, like the Wiggins thing, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense, and hopefully, you can see Julius's um, uh, not I was gonna say usage. Julius's efficiency kind of skyrocket if he just shoots like thirty five percent and then has. One thing I will say, like, and and this is like the one thing that I will give Tyrese credit for, I I can't see him just being like, oh, Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell are here. I'm still gonna. Maybe I'm tripping, but I feel like he can't be like I'm the man. Like he can't bring the ball up. He can't just demand a zillion post ups in the mid post and take his time. And like, if it was Jalen alone, I think he would still do a lot of that. But like, for him to do that with Jalen and Donnie and RJ would be like that would mean he's actually a crazy person, which is like he was a crazy person at times last season. So like, it's not like on the court he he put himself before he put other players. Some of that was justified, right? Because he's really good when he wants to be, but like. He can't hijack as much this year, can he? Like, is like if we don't get Donnie, let's say that. Because if we get Donnie, I'm pretty sure everybody knows the fucking deal. Like, this is Donovan's team <laughs> and RJ's team. Nah, I push back. I think. Are I don't know. Whole, I'm like I'm legit like asking. Team? I don't know. I, dude, I'm gonna just say this right up. If even with Brunson, I don't even think it's RJ's team. Like it's it's Brunson. Brunson did not come here to play second fiddle to RJ Barrett. Oh yeah, definitely. I agree with that. I agree with that. That's fair. That's fair. Like in terms of you, in terms of usage and shots, though. 
like, I, I know, still, I know. I still, I, think, I still think Julius is going to be higher than RJ, whatever context it is. That's fair because I mean, I because RJ, it's going to be RJ's second year in a row being the best wing defender on the team, and having to guard like the Tatum's of the world and all those guys. Wasn't RJ's yeah. usage higher than Julius's though in the sec in like the the last? bunch of games or whatever yeah because that's, like at that, that, that point that's because rj said i'm not passing the fucking ball <laughs> yeah like, like he said he said he wasn't passing the ball and then like julius towards the end of the season basically was just like all right i'm not passing the ball as well <laughs> yeah so yeah. that'll be interesting to see but like i cannot see him i can't see rj Having the usage he had last year with Brunson on the team, and then still being like the best defender on the team. Yeah, yeah. it'll definitely go down. That's that's yeah, for sure. RJ is definitely not having the same usage. Definitely. So, so here's a question for you guys: If assuming Donnie's on the team, like you don't need to give me the numbers unless you want to, because I don't think most listeners are familiar with, you know, what does 28 usage mean or 32 usage. But like, if you had to rank in terms of field goal attempts, Jalen. Donnie, RJ, and Julius for next season. What do you think the order would be from highest Donnie, to lowest? Donnie, Brunson, Julius, RJ. I go Donnie, Brunson, RJ, Julius. I don't think RJ's taking shots next year, dude. See, I don't think. I think Brunson's. I think Brunson's gonna run the offense and be super involved in the offense as the actual point guard. But I think he's going to shoot the ball less because he was also in a situation. Where like yes he had Luca, but after Luca and Jalen, there was a huge drop off, right? There was Dinwiddie, but like whatever, nobody cares. About I mean, Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie took like I think Dinwiddie took like thirteen shots. Like if we, I think we put the um pull up their uh playoff stats, mm-hmm. and playoff is like not a perfect comp, um perfect comp, mm-hmm. but like if we use the playoff stats of Dallas, uh I think Barton took seventeen shots a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Luca took like twenty one. Okay, Damn, that's it. I would have guessed it. I mean, probably because of the free throws. That's why. <laughs> Number twenty three. He took twenty three. Uh, Brunson took seventeen, and then did what he took eleven. Uh, I think I think Donnie's shots probably end up at like seventeen, eighteen. I think Brunson's probably at like sixteen. Julius is like at fifteen, and RJ maybe like thirteen. So all kind of bunched up, and then with Donnie at the top. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that I, I don't think there's gonna be a big b- gap between RJ and Julius, whoever ranking they go, mm-hmm. because th- their role is both gonna be like mostly the same for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Attack all closeouts. Yeah, attack closeouts. Attack. You're you're playing attack, off of the guards. Yeah, attack uh, matchups like pushing transition, like that kind of stuff. Like they're not gonna like they can advantage create like. In a pinch, they will do mm. that. But like, that's not mm. like what they're there to stuff. Do. Yeah, but like, like that's not their role on the team. The one thing, I, the one asterisk I will hold out is like, with young guys like RJ, kind of, it's not the same, right? Because it's summer league, but you never know when these guys will make like a mini jump that has a big impact. And like, if RJ's jump shot goes from like his two point jump shot goes from bad to mediocre. I think he might have like there's there's a few things that if they happen, I think RJ will shoot more than Julius because RJ's at that point in his development where if he shoots a little bit better, or if his handle gets a little bit better, or if he gets okay. a little bit faster, then all of a sudden like he can create advantages all the time, right? Like much more than Julius can. Because Julius 
for all his awesomeness, he pretty much scores through advantages and or he, he scores like without creating advantages, right? Like he's he shooting over people a lot of the time. Disadvantages yeah. most of the time. Yeah, he scores in disadvantages and even one on one. Like how many times did we see in the end of the year guys stick like bums on Julius and they were like, Go ahead, ISO and he couldn't create an advantage, right? Like at least RJ gets to the rim. Julius couldn't get to the rim outside of rolling that much by the end of the year. So that's that's the one thing reason yeah. I think that like I think if they stay the same, Julius probably shoots more than RJ. But if RJ, I bet on RJ getting better just because that's what young players do, right? So I could could see that. I I would say, though, like, my pushback would be, like, I think Julius can capitalize on the bandages more than RJ. If that makes any sense, because, like, Julius is just bigger. Yeah, I mean, he can, in theory. We've never seen RJ have advantages to capitalize. I mean, yeah, yeah, like... RJ, we see Julius like, do it for years on other teams and stuff. <laughs> I mean, RJ like has never been in a context even close to this, even with like no Donnie. Like yeah. RJ's been stuck in like various multiverses. Uh, okay, that are weird where he's playing with like Zion, but for some reason the coach doesn't let Zion do things that are smart. He's just been in like bad context since he was like seventeen. <laughs> That's true. That is true. But like, no, if that, Julius has it together, I, I agree. Like with his size and speed, he should be able to just like decimate people off of a and, swing passes and stuff. And like even offensive rebounds, like Julius, please yeah. do that. Like if Julius, if Julius cuts, <laughs> what do you do? Again, what do you same do? with like nobody knows because we don't never seen we, Julius we, cut. We it's a mystery. <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm saying, like, I really think, like, if he yeah. go, like, the New Orleans bag is, like, a really good, like. But he was center so much. That's the thing. I think, so this is the thing to me. I think you kind of have to throw out his most improved season and all the other seasons before that. Because, yeah, and this I is think what it, makes Randall so fascinating was, for me. Like, he, was, he was only centered, like, a, a fourth of the time. Like, no, I don't he think, was, like, half the time. No, in New Orleans? Yeah, yeah. Twenty six sure. I'm going to check right now. I'm checking right now. Oh, damn. I so, thought it was more. Yeah, like bad, he fake news, have, fake news. I know. He hasn't played a lot of center here. He's yeah. only played like five, four, and oh, seven. Oh, that was the that was the LA season before. It. I was, yeah, I was really that's why he was basically like doing half and half. But like. Yeah. Yeah, like. Yeah. I, I could definitely played. see him playing a bit more center because like. Nah, he's not playing more center. Not on the Knicks. I can me? see like, I can see him getting to 10%. 10%. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Who not, with that with this center rotation? With this center rotation, no, no, yeah, no chance, no chance. Espe- like these guys, like this is the most obvious plan in the history of plans, right? Like we're gonna have is the same plan as last year, except executed differently. Like instead of Nerlens, they have Hartenstein and they have I mean, Sims behind him. And they have, I mean, and Hartenstein can actually do like a lot of the passing stuff that they want, so I can see that. Yeah, you're yeah right. like and he's I, li- I, I like I like Hartenstein because like he gives that different type of offensive big mm-hmm. than Mitch. Like he can give you like flirts, he can give you a short roll, he can give you a handoff up. So like I'm like generally one of my favorite duos. Like I'm, I I want to see next season it's gonna be Bronson and Hartenstein, like just two Harden- smart players. Brunson and Hartenstein. Who do you think is going to be the... Because, you know, Hartenstein, we were talking about dribble handoffs. Nobody on the team is better at handoffs than him. So, but Fournier is going to be gone. And so, like, I'm wondering who's going to be his his uh, 
best yeah, buddy exactly. for, for handoff. Yeah, like um, I'm saying Bronson and Bronson and RJ, like those are my two, like the I want to see more. Yeah. And yeah. IQ, that's a great point because IQ, Obi and IQ did a lot of handoff stuff too. Yeah, but like they have telepathy for, for like, <laughs> like that's different for me. We need somebody to become best friends with Hartenstein so they can get it. Cam that's Reddish. The solution. Cam Reddish. I, I don't even know. Cam, Cam seems I, like the kind of guy who'd be friendly with everybody, but not best friends with anyone. Oh, Cam is best friends with Cam. <laughs> <laughs> You're not yeah. wrong. You're yeah, not that's wrong. that's probably true. Cam, he just seems like too cool. Like everybody else is doofy, and he's just like a cool dude or whatever. So uh, he 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 has so much of like I'm the older guy here. He does, even though they're like the same age, like all the kid, all the yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, like Obi, like like. Cam's never doing TikTok dances with Obi in like no, IQ. No. And it's funny because Obi has two children. <laughs> yeah, Obi has kids. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Um, okay, uh, we talked about Julius. Um, oh, and now we get to the fun part. Yeah, so I guess yeah, the elephant in the room is like, what young players do you send? Player players, plural singular or none. Uh, do you send to Utah? So we can just say it like this. If you had to pick one young, if you have to send one of IQ, Obi, or Grimes to Utah, who are you sending? You can Obi. You can each go. Obi. Yeah, he says Obi. You say Obi, Obi too? Obi. Damn, bro. I, I mean, mean, IQ, IQ um, just, like, they're just better players than Obi. And, like, and... If Julius is here, Obi's never gonna play a lot. So, but what if the plan is to move him? But you know, it it takes anywhere from a month to a year to do that, right? Like, do you sacrifice your long term plan for just because you can't move Julius immediately? I mean, I, think... I don't think they're moving Julius. That's the thing. Yeah, I don't think they're moving Julius this year. Damn. Man, unless I, like they could get a deal that's like weighted towards them, where like they maybe get an asset back or something like that. I don't or think like they, they get like a good player back. Like I don't think they're moving. You don't think it. you don't think there's a scenario where he's he plays better than last year, but he's not really like amazing, and it's clear that there's three guys who need the ball, and a fourth person is too much, and he's the odd guy out. Because to me, that's kind of how I see this playing out. I think. Julius, if I had to guess, I would say Julius is going to stay. And, I, you know, we were talking about the usages. I do think four chefs is too many. Three, I think you can do. But I trust RJ to do more off-ball stuff well than I do Julius. And I trust RJ to improve more than I tr- trust Julius to adjust his play style yeah. and adjust his attitude. So I think... That being said, I think he can only go up from last year, so I don't think he's going to be anywhere near as I mean, bad. I also think you have to factor in the fact that like RJ is looking at the back right now. So like, yeah, yeah, that too. That's that's a great point. Great point I mean, as well. Like RJ is about to get paid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like, I, like, I think he doesn't need to do back. much to get paid, really. Like, ah, uh, RJ doesn't gonna... need. RJ does like if he want like. Not, we're not talking max here because I don't think he's. I mean, not, like he'll get a hundred like, million guaranteed. But yeah, like, gonna, he's like, gonna get paid before they're gonna extend him. I don't think they're gonna wait till restricted free agent. Yeah, like we're saying, like let's say they wait, they wait. I don't think RJ is taking more shots because he wants to get paid. 
I, mean, I, don't, like, I mean, you're talking like 100 million versus 190 something million. That's yeah, that's yeah, it's it's weird because like I don't think like it's weird with Ali because I think he's gonna adjust pretty well off ball and be like, hey, be like the best defender you can be and like a good catch and shoot guy, like attacking closeouts. Like I trust him to do that more than Julius. I agree, but it's just a matter of like I think when you want a max contract, you definitely want to play like you're a max kind of guy, and you want those touches like you're a max guy. But that so, only matters if if he doesn't do the extension. Yes, right. Like the extension that's would happen good, yeah. before the season. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good point. So I think that's true. He's but but the your original point still stands because I think that extension is going to be somewhere. Like even if we don't know, we know it's going to be somewhere between twenty two and like twenty nine million. It, that's a wide range, but either way, it's. A, I don't think they'll pay him more than like Brunson. Or well, sure, sure. Still within yeah. like a lot of money is the point, yeah. right? So uh, yeah, like, I'm assuming twenty five million. Yeah, let's say so, like, yeah, one hundred five. Like I don't think he gets more than one hundred ten. Yeah, like say it'll definitely be less than Julius money, but like if he gets comes into the camp like slightly improved on offense. And he's going to be fighting for touches. Like, he's not just going to be like, oh, Jalen and Donnie are here. I'm just going to become, like, spot-up guy or whatever. Like, I can see RJ can, Barrett, man. Yeah, I can see a world where he's the second option. Like, like if he's just, like, he only needs to finish bad at the rim for me I mean, like, to he, be, to I mean, be the second option. I think to me, like, he needs to finish better at the rim. And then he also needs to be, like, a better self-creator. And he also needs to, like, improve with regards to, like, shooting again. And then getting to the rim free throws. Like, his offensive game is just really, really limited. And, like, he doesn't have any sweet spots. You know, like, you look at it quickly. Like, quickly can, like, get to the line and hit 90%. And he can still hit, like, shots off the dribble. Like, he doesn't really have a shot where it's like, yeah, I trust RJ Barrett taking that shot. Unless it's, like, a catch-and-shoot three in the corner. But even then, that kind of dipped last year. So... It's, it, it did. It dipped. I mean, yeah, it did, but like it didn't like dip that much. Let me, let me just. I think he went from like he went from like cold in the corner. I'm pretty sure he was like one of the worst. I think uh, he was like the worst corner, like left or right corner shooter. Like one of them, like he was like, the worst in the league. Oh no, I don't think he was that bad. I have to check, but I'm pretty sure, like in that in that um video that they released, like the NBA would do that video, where like the uh worst, best and worst places on the on court but like i'm pretty sure in the corner he was like pretty pretty like mediocre so i mean i i have his like catch and shoot numbers and like he shot 37 percent on like 4.5 attempts you show the corners do you have the corners uh, i don't have the I, corners okay because like i know i'm like trying to look it up as well but um yeah like i just I think the bag matters. I think it depends, like if he gets it before or if he gets it. Like if he doesn't and I, get it, and again, like, do the Knicks want to like put themselves in position? Like again, even if you, I think you could go into the season and be like, we have Donovan Mitchell. Like that that matters. Like okay, this is not your team anymore. You know, Donovan Mitchell's here. He's a Nick. He's on the contract for three more years. He's an all-star. Jalen Brunson is my literal, like, godson. Um, Julius has been an all-star, all-NBA, most improved. 
Like, they're I. I they probably will pay him. They probably will pay him, and I'm like just talking out my ass right now. But if they didn't, I don't think it would surprise me if they just waited and they're just like, you know what? Let's just see what he is. Because as much as he is talented, he's still very volatile. Like he's incredibly volatile. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. He's I a, just he's like thirty four from the corner, which is basically the same. Yeah, like thirty four from the corner is just like, eh, it isn't that good. Yeah, so yeah, like I guess it needs to be better. Like, like my my vision, if like if RJ, let's say, is the second option, like the word that I see, like RJ is the second option, like it's just finishing at the rim better and like. Uh, passing more, like. But like, I don't, I don't, how much do you expect him to finish the rim better when like he isn't athletic? And I think he'll have more. I think he'll have more spacing and he'll have better opportunities to finish at the rim. But at the same time, it's like he's shooting sub sixty percent at the rim. I'm pretty sure. He's shooting. He like I'm checking his um, basketball reference, and it's um five ninety six. Last season yeah. was six oh five, and the season before that it was five sixty eight. So, like he would have to take substantial leaps there. The, the mid range is a different story as well because like he's not good in the mid range, not good in yeah, the floater range. I, like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't like even the mid range. Like I don't think like for me that doesn't matter as much as finishing at the rim. I agree. I would agree with that. But it's just like there's like, a lot. He just needs to finish at the rim better. For me to be like, hey, yes, I I can see the vision of him, like being the second option, because he'll get better catching two opportunities. He'll get better like spacing. Yeah, but like, he just, is he gonna he just, get... he just needs but to again, like decision making like needs to be better. Yeah, so. and then you have like Brunson, who is literally elite shoot three elite three level scorer at like position on the court, who is also yeah. a hyper finisher. Yeah, so yeah. It's, like, it's, it's hard for me to see him like beat Brunson unless Brunson willingly decides to put himself in a role like that. Well, it's, that's the thing with with point guards, right? Is sometimes, sometimes their role, sometimes they're like they could shoot the ball more than they, they do. It's just a, a question of what, how do they, how do they play as a point guard? And that's one of the things that's kind of exciting with Brunson, right? Is like he had this weird point guard role where he would basically play off of Luca or do his own Jalen Brunson Luca impression and there's like no in between. So we haven't really seen him in like a more normal point guard role. So he's definitely score first. We know that. But at the same time, like anybody who's who's a point guard who's not like an elite elite point guard probably has to spend a lot of possessions doing table setting and pick and roll passing and feed the big and this and that so it'll be interesting to see how he does at that like game management kind of stuff like we even saw it with iq right like once he really got the hang of playing point guard it wasn't just iq chucking away like we're used to it was more like okay picking his spots and all that so yeah i like if like if we're looking for a reference for RJ, I think like I don't like it's not even Boyan because Boyan is just different. I mean, it's Wiggins. Yeah, it, Every, RJ definitely is. Everybody's Wiggins. No, no yeah, 
Andre and Randall, Andre and Randall are both like they need to take like the Wiggins and Brayson road. Well, that's what Ben Benji wrote a whole thing on that on on how uh, Tibbs and RJ can steal from Tibbs and Wiggins in terms of what they did in that back then in Minnesota, and then also what Wiggins does in in Golden State. So uh, you know, you guys are on the nose there, and uh, listeners, if you haven't checked out that piece by Benji Ritholz. On the Strickland, you should check it out because it's really good. And it's not that long. Um, yeah, I mean, if our, this is the thing. Like, if, if, if RJ can't use this better context to, a, in a, to his advantage, then, you know, that's a super huge data point. And we'll know that it is what it is and this is what he struggles with. And it doesn't mean he won't ever improve it, but it means, like, as far as ceiling goes, it's you pretty can, much lower. Right, like if he breaks it later, cool, but you don't plan for that. That's the big difference. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's fine. It's just a different calculation, that's all. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I, I said this to Tari, it's like this year is super important to him. Mm-hmm. Like it because the contest has n- never been better, mm-hmm. even without Donovan, like the context will like has never been bad so he just like the things he needs to improve on has to he has to improve on and like he has to prove that it's not even just a winning player but like an actual positive winning player mm-hmm. like if he like if he wants to prove that he's more than just a role player this is the year to do it for me yeah, I mean, like, we've seen other players, you know, he's not the first player to struggle with self-creation in, in some respects. Like, oh, you know, Tyrese's favorite player, OG Ananobi, struggled with it. But if you... Don't talk about it. You don't talk about <laughs> but if you... But, he, like, even OG was a was better at layups than RJ last year, statistically, right? So he, he definitely has room to go. And he... The thing that makes me feel a little comfortable betting on him is you're really not looking for him to go from like to make huge leaps, right? Because most like half of the work is simply the shot diet and the context. And then the other half of the work is his actual improvement. Right. So you're not actually, it's not like become a whole new player, which is what some people want Julius to do. Not you guys, but like, and that, that's why I don't buy the whole like, oh, turn into Pelicans, Julius, and it'll, everything will be fine. I'm like, no, you can never ask a player to just become a new player. That's unfair. But for RJ, he has to be a better version of the player we saw last year. So it'll be real interesting. He's getting that money, so he'll have a lot of reason to do it. So hopefully uh, he rewards the Knicks for, you know. <laughs> Unless the Knicks don't do it. I mean, maybe the Knicks do say like, hey, fuck it. You know, we're going to. Like, we love you, RJ. We'll pay you the max if that's what it comes to. Let's just talk again next year. And let's focus on winning like, this year. Let's focus uh, on winning. If he wants the max, he, like, this is the bet on myself here. Yeah. I think they're going to compromise just because it seems like RJ and Leon and everybody have a really good relationship. And they'll just be like, we are betting on you. That's why we gave you a zillion shots. We're going to pay you, not a max, but we're going to pay you a shit ton of money. Like, 
25, 26, something like that, you know. Or maybe it's like they pay him a little bit less than Brunson, but it's not descending like Brunson. So by the end, he's getting more than Brunson, right? Something like that. Like, who knows? There's lots of ways they could do it. Um, but it'll be really interesting. Um, we've been going for like an hour and a half. Are there any other uh, Donovan Mitchell-related things you want to talk about? Um, I don't know if we gave enough airtime to how much Tyrese hates Obi Toppin or not, but uh, we don't uh, have to. The Jazz... <laughs> The Jazz fans really need to stop acting like Ainge is going to fleece this team. It's not happening. Uh, the Knicks, I wouldn't say the like the leverage. There really isn't leverage on any on either side. Like it feels pretty neutral because it's like the Knicks can always get the next star that acts out because mm-hmm. there's always a next star that acts out, and the Jazz have to get the Knicks involved. Like either whatever happens, the Knicks are going to have the final say. Yeah, either they're going to pass on an offer that somebody else does that's really good, or their offer is going to be the best, and that's that. Yeah, it's just... But, like, the Knicks don't need to get fleeced because the Knicks offer is better. Like, their Knicks B offer is better than everybody's A offer. So... Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There's there's no reason for them to, like, bid against themselves. Uh, I guess you guys can, like, say... Oh, kind of just, like, throw up. Oh, never mind. Yeah, it's, it's okay. I actually just realized I got to run. So I'm going to take us home here. But um, thank you guys for joining us. Tell the folks real quick where uh, they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me at Frank Barrett 119. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, kidding. You can find me at um, Enchlin. Schil- I don't even know how to say his name. Sorry. Damn. Uh, you can find me the, the joke. at M. Schilder at NBA. Uh, London's there on Twitter. You, you already know it. So. And you can find me at Mo Loves NBA on Twitter. All right, you heard him. We'll uh, we'll see you guys next time for the next episode of Draft Strickland. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a new roster by then. Hopefully, we'll be topping this on the roster, and Tyrese can come on here and talk about how Leon Rose made the run. <laughs> on that note, I'm gonna let everybody go. Thank you for joining us, and uh, we hope everybody. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean a cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New 
new episodes of Fly on the Wallin' drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallin' wherever you get your podcasts.